0: All right, and the winner for Best Picture for 2019 is La La Land. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. No, 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 no. My mistake. It's Parasite. Parasite won. Parasite is the Best Picture winner. This is not a joke.
1: All right. Yes, folks, it may be hard to believe that a non-English language film has, for the first time in the history of the Academy, won Best Picture. Certainly less believable than La La Land, but it is in fact the case. Something that has sparked mass controversy from racist white people all over the world. But what does the film really mean? And does it really talk about class as intently as it thinks it does? We're here to find out. I'm Andrew.
2: I'm Inish. I'm Oleg.
3: And I'm Alex. (laughs) There was a nice wait right there. That yeah, no, <laughs> that was a nice well, pod. I, I, I was going to try and do it as a joke, but then I decided not to afterwards, and it, it, it didn't work well.
2: All right, so who wants to give us a quick summary of Parasite? Hmm. Uh, I don't think I can. Sounds sounds like Einish really wants to.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think we should. Yeah, leave you guys, it to you Einish.
0: guys r- ripped my <laughs> ripped mine to shreds last time, <laughs> for for good reason honestly Anderson's the most passionate out of all of us for this movie so yeah
1: I adore this film Um, oh you like it (laughs) no I mean it's fine I'm not huge (laughs) on it you know
2: I sense beef
1: yeah I only saw it twice in theaters um willingly oh
2: Oh, that's what I did for Hellboy too I love that you specify willingly (laughs) yeah yeah Three more times both, on the both way. Times I
1: actually, you know, I, you know, I've definitely like I saw Valerian twice in theaters, and I don't think I actually wanted to either time. So <laughs> I also don't you think kind of that you did.
0: Spinner. <laughs> okay, I
1: can, I can, I can do a bit of a recap if you like. Go for it. Cool. So, Parasite. This is the oh, yeah. late. I, oh, I, I just, I just,
0: I <laughs> just forgot. We should say spoilers because yeah, we're going okay, yeah. when the message comes up, we're gonna go into spoilers. So. <laughs> okay yeah. so this spoilers. is
1: spoiler alert territory <laughs> spoiler territory aren't
0: our podcasts always spoiler like they are but i guess just specifically for parasite i think yeah. we should Dude, Ch- our other movies didn't matter beware audience
2: this podcast is just as spoiler heavy as every other podcast
0: that we make i mean i wouldn't care about spoilers for the sequel trilogy so yeah i was
1: gonna say people can spoil <laughs> rise of skywalker all i fucking want <laughs>
3: You know who spoiled Rise of Skywalker? Disney.
1: Yeah, I was going to say. True. <laughs> Very true. No, that's, yeah. that's true. <laughs> it, it comes from spoiled. spoiled that movie, and it was the fucking studio and Kathleen Kennedy.
2: All right, okay. Andrew, your cue.
1: Parasite is the latest film from South Korean master Bong Joon Ho. This one is a bit different from the recent sci fi fair that he's been making. It is a dark satire slash drama slash horror slash thriller slash whatever other genre it could possibly try and be, it follows the very impoverished Kim family who slowly but surely find a way to work their way into becoming houseworkers for a very wealthy family. Eventually things begin to go a bit downhill one night after they stay at the house alone while the rich family is away. And they find some rather interesting secrets in the basement, which they are now forced to keep at any expense. The film ends in an explosive uh, confrontation between the rich and the poor, and the poor against the poor. And the whole thing is just pretty insane. Alright, let's get into it.
3: So, <laughs> what what are y'all's thoughts on, on the movie? So, oh... Let's just give it real quick. Do we like it or not? Uh, do you actually so, dislike it, though? I don't dislike it. I just think it's uh, very hyped up for something that isn't actually very good. Like I mean, it's oh, you're, it's you're well right. It, it's a bit too
0: popular. It's a bit it, too popular for yeah. Alex. It's a. It's well done,
3: I think. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how to say it uh but it it it's it well i guess really it i just don't think it says anything at all which is really the the, the cautious thing or not cautious uh it's the the difficult uh thing about it that it, it it's a movie that It pretends like it's saying a huge amount of stuff without saying anything at all. And just because of that, it's really hurt, I think. So that's my, my, my take on it. All right.
2: It is noon, and I will... Actually, it's 1 p.m. And I will hold back from making any satirical remarks about that because my sense of humor is too sober currently. However, I will say that... I don't even know what
3: you would say.
2: (laughs) However, I do want to point out that I personally slightly disagree with you. I do think that this movie is really good. And I am pretty sure it has stuff to say. I just don't think it's as simple and as straightforward as most people I talked about this movie with think. And I... uh, think that from a technical standpoint and from a standpoint of filmmaking, this is actually a masterpiece. When it comes to what it meant, well, we'll, we'll talk about that.
0: Okay. All right. Um, well, for me, I really love this movie. I think it is a masterpiece. There are like a few issues I kind of have, I think, but like it's so minute that it really doesn't affect the movie as a whole. I think it's expertly crafted, just very well made. Production-wise, there's not a problem at all. It's just it's just fantastic all around. And I think the message, a lot of people kind of have been grabbing the wrong message from it, or, like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like a lot of people, it's, like, the same case with, like, other movies, where, like, everyone is, like, oh, no. Like, sometimes people grab the wrong message from a movie, or, like, they may not understand the message, so they make one up sort of a thing. But I think the message is pretty clear, and I think it gets it across very well, and it's a timely message for, like, the world as it is nowadays, so yeah, I love it. It's one of the best films of twenty of the 2010s.
1: Okay, and last but not least, we get to me who kind of shares actually a bit of all of those opinions, um, but maybe more exaggerated. Um, I definitely agree with, um, I definitely agree with Oleg that it is a message that's a lot more complicated than most people think it is. Um, I just think there's a lot going on in terms of the way it's delivering the message in a way that's not very straightforward and not very easy to decipher, Um, which personally I find to be a good thing. I agree with Einish. This is easily one of the best films of the 2010s, no doubt about it. Um, I think that it's very rare to see a film that genuinely challenges the way you view cinema in any regard. And I think Parasite really, what it succeeds in is the way that it challenges the idea that movies have to be one genre, maybe two, maybe three. But it can't be like more than three genres at one time. And what Parasite does is it's basically at least five genres all at once. And it doesn't feel... Unnatural. it doesn't really feel like a hard shift. There's one point around the middle where it goes from comedy to more horror where you can really kind of feel it. But beyond that, it bounces around between heist style and comedy and dark drama and psychological thriller in a way that you wouldn't really tell the difference unless you were really tuned into it. Um, so yeah, I think it's a masterful film and I think it has a lot to say and I don't think it really says it in a way that's super easy to figure out
2: either. Alright, now that we are all done with our intro statements as we call them on this channel um, who wants to try to shoot at what
0: the message of the movie is? The question is who's the parasite? Venom Yeah, Venom. That's a song
2: field. Who's your song? Song field. All right.
1: I will say, actually, I think that question of who is the parasite is actually a very important one. And I also, at least personally, I don't think it's as simple as just saying um, it's the rich or the poor, because personally, I think it's a bit of
0: both i agree with that a lot i yeah
1: because i think like the the kim family definitely what's the name of the rich family i cannot remember whatever Um, the rich the the park family the gates the park family are the rich family the kim family is the poor family uh just for clarification so yeah the kim family definitely preys on parks um using their house when they're not home um, taking in vast sums of money from them, um, even going so far as to frame the uh, the maid as possibly spreading diseases through the house in one of the funniest scenes in the film. Um, but then also, that kind of gets flipped on its head almost immediately, because while the Kims are preying on the Park family at their house, like, using their house without their permission, they find um, a... Guy in the basement who is also poor, who is, um, literally like powering the house for the rich people, and they don't even realize he's there.
3: Well, I, I feel like it's pretty clear, that it's the poor family that's preying on the older family or on the uh, rich family. I disagree. Yeah, I disagree. (laughs) Really, you don't you don't think that it's really obvious that they're. Uh, just taking advantage of them and like they're they're well, really I mean, absorbing obvious, all their resources and stuff. It's obvious that, that they're taking obvious. advantage of them, but the thing
2: is I don't think that that uh, parasitic Badamts relationship is flowing one way. Because when you like the movie makes a point to address the fact that um the poor family I think it's the was it the the Han family the um,
1: the the Kim family is the, sorry the family Kim family, family yeah I, family.
2: I, that was horrible on my part I, I'm bad with names
1: that's okay I also kind of for, I yeah I also kind of forgot the names I remember I know the actors names but I don't know the character names
0: yeah um the thing is also none of them were nominated for actor or actress roles that is, is that is unfair actually that's really stupid unfair, but
2: we're we're getting there. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so I think that the thing about this is, as I was saying, is that that relationship does not flow one way because like that scene where uh, the poor family, the Kim family is like trapped under the sofa and uh, the rich the two rich people are like talking to each other and it's uncovered that they're also like fucked up hypocritical, horrible people <laughs> and like how the family and at another scene, how the family is literally like swimming through, like, feces and sewer water and rainwater because their house is over flooding while the other family is, like, looking at all of this happening. While I will say that the Park family do not actively, like, try to use the Kim family's resources, the only reason for that is because the Kim family has, like, no resources to be stolen in the first place. Like, both families
3: are shown from well, a negative perspective. I don't think the wealthy family is that bad like if you look at them they're they're a, a bit dickish at times but there's nothing like evil about them
2: well yeah they're just shown to be very dickish very hypocritical they're, they're not
0: shown as being like evil though. Yeah, like that's what kind of I think makes them more well, Nobody in the movie is
3: per se shown well, to be evil. They're, they're the not thing. shown to be evil, but the poor family is, is, is certainly shown to be capable of more vile deeds. Most certainly. Most certainly.
0: I think the par- I think the wealthy are like just as, you know, parasitic, I guess as the um or not just as, but they are also like parasitic in the same way that the uh the rich, like the I think the rich family is also parasitic. Basically, is what I'm trying to say is, like, what, are, what I do realize, they have to be parasitic about? Like, there's nothing. What I realize is that the they poor. they need the poor. Like Andrew explained, like the whole thing about like how he's powering the thing, but also like they need tutors, they need maids, they need like all these people because they like throughout the film say like, yeah, we can't do it on our own. Like my wife cannot cook, my husband for some reason can't drive himself to work; he needs a driver. My son needs an art tutor. So like. They, like, require the poor people and, like, the poor family, the Kims, to, like, basically just, like, you know, survive in everyday life. That's a good point, actually, I will say.
1: Yeah, the one thing that really struck me seeing it the second time was, and I don't know why it didn't ring out the first time, but the fact that the guy even in the basement even with his hands tied is using his head and smashing his head against the wall to turn on the lights as um mr park comes up the stairs and the guy doesn't even know he's there and i think that was what i found interesting is that the while the kim family is very actively parasitic in the sense that like they're actively taking advantage of the rich family the rich family is parasitically taking advantage of the poor, but they don't even realize they're doing it. And I think that... I, To me, that was kind of... That was kind of one of the big parts of the message that I got, was that the poor have to... The poor have to actively prey on the rich people. The rich people just prey on the poor naturally, and they don't even realize they're doing
0: it. I also love how, like, the fighting... The, like... <laughs> it's very obvious in the second act where, like, the two poor families, like, the uh, the old maid and her husband, they're fighting with the Kim family, and it's, it's like, the poor are just fighting with the poor to, like, kind of, like, gain the upper hand, and, like, you know, because they kind of need the rich to survive. Well, sort of thing. It, it seems... To have... And how, like, it's because of the system in place that they have to, like, they think that they have to do this.
3: I, I was gonna say, the, the, the difference, though, is that the the poor family are like very intentionally doing stuff they're very intentionally going out of their way to do vile deeds they're actively attacking each other you know all this stuff um and then on the other hand you you have the rich family who like you said uh they they are somewhat reliant on uh, on the poor but They're not. They're they're not actively, intentionally trying to do anything.
2: They're. I think you're looking at at it from the the Ron, like uh, okay, not not gonna say Ron perspective, but like, the perspective from which I think Einish and Andrew have been like looking at the movie is more like, while the poor have to struggle to survive in the system, the rich are still using like the poor and they wouldn't be able to survive without them and they don't even acknowledge that like their position is comfortable enough so that they don't even like realize that that fighting is going on in the first place to them it's and just And this
1: is like this is a bit more given. like not specific to the movie but if you kind of think of like for example like say a factory um you know like especially in the days before like automated machinery like no factory could have possibly operated without all the workers who were putting their life at risk for minimum wage how often do you think the guy who has a corporate office in a city 100 miles away from the main factory ever thought about like the workers and the fact that like without the workers he couldn't put the whole factory up he was I he was worried about the finances often. he was worried about the checkbooks he was worried about the accountants he no, I never I really very, thought too much about the whole. Very often, is. my
3: my the whole my whole family comes from the the fucking uh, uh, what you might call uh, assembly line stuff. So,
1: yeah, so and, does my family too. Yeah, yeah. But
3: and I've had one of my family I think went to it became a foreman too at some point. But essentially, all all those foremen. People are come from the floor. That that's kind of the point is that they come from the floor, and they usually, hopefully, they know how to manage the floor. And but not all of them make it. It's only like a few of them. You can't have every foreman
0: become a manager. I feel like this is turning into a political discussion and not
2: a discussion about parasite? Well, fair. But yeah, sorry. I'm not. I, was gonna I, I say Yeah, that...
1: I wasn't. Tr- I wasn't. I'm not trying to make like a huge political statement against the factory system, and I'm not trying to generalize. <laughs> I was just trying to put like in perspective, like sort of like maybe like a real world example where this kind of idea could maybe be placed. If you get know what it, I mean, like I'm not trying to it, yeah. make a big statement. That's just kind of right. Like, well, yeah. I, I was gonna I say. Thought. I think.
3: I think discussion on the movie very quickly shifts into uh a discussion on basically economics uh very very quickly it very well, quickly becomes a discussion on the, the merits of like uh capitalism and uh communism and whatnot
2: i think that it's fair to discuss like politics in terms of the movie because the movie is most certainly political however you look at yeah. it however like if it turns just into an argument of like is capitalism bad or is communism bad when it's not even related back to the movie, that then I feel like we should just cut it off and go back well,
3: to the movie. Well, yeah, but uh,
1: I think... Yeah, I'm not making either of those. Yeah, no, right. I don't and think I don't either of it. us
3: are, really. But I'm more... I I guess, really, any uh, any point you make about the movie also sounds like a political statement. that's <laughs> like, yeah, true. Like, when you're talking about I mean, the, you can just
0: talk about, the like, film. the filmmaking, which is...
3: Fantastic. Well, yeah, mean, you could you could think that the message specifically, and disagree with it. I was gonna say we're so not really. We're specifically talking about the message here, Einish. So you can't just say that filmmaking is good and say, well, yeah, but Because yeah. I mean it, it is good. It is. But um more more to the point, uh, like, especially when you're talking about like, well, who's who you know who is leeching off of who? Who is uh, who is in the right? Who is in the wrong? You know all that stuff kind of like the the poor did nothing wrong or the well no i agree with you but the thing
2: is you can say <laughs> i think the movie argues for that point for for certain reasons but that doesn't mean you have to agree with it like it never has to actually turn into a political debate
3: yeah no yeah, more I don't more I agree politically with
1: everything that i feel like the film's trying to say but like oh i like, i disagree with i definitely the deal like of it, but... respect I, I respect every point that it brings up i will say that for sure i respect it the also fact that it brings it up
0: It's, like, a different culture, I think, also. Like, we don't... I don't really... I I personally don't know the Japanese... Not... Wow. I don't know the Korean... um, You racist I don't know, like... (laughs) I've been watching a lot of anime recently. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Yeah, I don't know, like, the Korean, like, you know, government that well. But maybe that's how it is over there. But I think there's still, like... You can still take parts of it for, like, you know... It's, like, parts of it are, like, universal...
2: No, yeah, sorry. I will... Let me... S- oh, sorry.
1: Let, let me... I, I, I have i uh... I'm looking something up, but you guys keep going. But there's an interesting point that Bong made that I'm going to try and find. Yeah,
2: I'm but... also... I'm, I'm going to take a shot at talking about politics without talking about politics. Um, I think that Parasite is not necessarily a full-on left-wing movie like a lot of people consider it to be. Because most people, like, especially, like, we, like, I and, and we all live in a college town in the United States.
0: Very left-wing college. So, town. <laughs> yeah,
2: like, a lot of people around here love Parasite, mostly for, because they perceive it as to be some sort of, like, a new communist manifesto, or just, like, a big statement for anarchy or something. And I don't quite think that it is because the thing is the house in the movie is most likely a symbolism for like wealth, status, whatever you want to define it as. It's, it's the symbolism of that. And the moment like trouble starts is the moment the poor people actually try to get into that house. So while I still think that Bon Joon-ho is probably coming from like a somewhat left-leaning perspective for sure. Like he sympathizes with the poor family and kind of presents a grotesque image of the rich family. Um, I personally know somebody who I recommended to watch the movie and after having watched it, they thought it was a movie that was actually like speaking out against social progress and saying that, trouble only starts when things change and like the only way to keep everyone safe is to preserve the social order that already exists because like everybody's already at their place and the thing is i don't think that's what the movie was going for but there are a lot of aspects to this film that actually correspond with that rhetoric like the poor people are awful (laughs) like they just yeah (laughs) And they honestly it, Sorry, do cause worse i I'm just, like a few more sentences, and then I'm gonna not, give it up. Yeah, to you. sorry. Because like fault. normally, in a left from like a left wing point of view, a left wing um, story, so to speak, you would expect um, the poor people to be virtuous because they are not spoiled by wealth, and you would expect the rich people to be like the assholes, the bad people. But here, like everybody's just bad, and the bad <laughs> shit starts happening when when like poor people actually start doing shit. So that's kind of where I'm coming from.
3: Well, that is kind of also part. I think we have actually talked about this a little bit before. Like, uh, we, we have kind of a similar issue here, um, where <clears throat> it, uh, that's kind of part of the issue is that I generally when you're when you're making a, a movie, like a, ambiguity is good and all, but especially I think when you're making. Uh, uh something that's supposed to be a political message, which I think this very clearly is. Um, you you generally want that political message to be clear or or at least clear enough that you can tell that there's not like totally backwards views on it and stuff like as much as you can avoid it because people are idiots. But if no if nobody can understand what you're trying to say, then you fucked up somewhere. You, it, it's it, it's a persuasive argument. Every every piece of art. So if you if if you can't even communicate properly what you're trying to persuade them to think, then you failed.
1: I uh, <clears throat> I have something I'd like to to say on that point, um, which is that. Um, I don't think every film that rate. I think there's this idea that if you bring <laughs> up a problem, you need to bring up a solution in an artwork. And personally, I don't think that should be necessary or is exactly true.
3: Well, because I, that's not like, the point I was making. That no, like, no, 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 you don't yeah, need no. to. I
1: mean, I, I, yeah. So like for *Parasite*, *Parasite* like there's there's a message to *Parasite*. For sure, about um, the class system, and like the rich and the poor and the divide between that, but that is such a complicated issue that no one could possibly have only one thing to say about it. There's no like one universal message that everyone can agree upon, so you can't really have just one thing to say.
3: Well, right. It's not. It's not saying one thing.
1: I respect I, Bong yeah. for having what I what I perceive as the intellect and self-knowledge to know that he cannot solve like he cannot bring one message to an issue that's far more complex than he could ever know the answer to. I think that's just smarts on behalf of him as a filmmaker.
0: I'm not, I think it's a bit more pa- Oh, sorry. I was just okay. saying
3: I'm not arguing that he's saying or that he, you know he needs to say one thing i'm i'm arguing that he has to say even a single thing clearly so he, he really there what is he trying to say about the about the class system I, as far as i can tell the the only thing that he says clearly is that there is a class system that's about it besides that i think maybe that what he's everyone to is saying is fuckhead? that like the
0: class system is problematic and there's like you know obviously It's hurting, like in a parasitic relationship, someone is always getting hurt. In this case, both sides are hurting each other. But yeah, both sides are hurting each other, and it's because of this class system that's in place, and it needs to change, but there's no easy solution, and he doesn't know the solution, but he is trying to bring to light that this has to change. So I. And I, I also kind of appreciate a film that, like, one example that comes to mind is there's this really great documentary called High School, where they show like, they show very like, you know, how like the relationship between student teacher and like the school in general, like there's something wrong there, but, and you can pinpoint aspects of it that are wrong, but you can't really tell exactly what is wrong in general, but it's like just the, the school system is flawed and they don't know how to fix it, but they never really like, like it's that sort of like, you know, showing, but not like having a clear message because it's such a complex, you know, issue. I think that's kind of powerful in a way where it's like, yeah, no, like, if you bring up, like, a solution, I feel like it wouldn't, like, you know, it can't be, like, there's no one easy solution, but just bringing to light that it is a problem that has to be fixed, it's more powerful, I guess, that's what I'm trying to say.
3: Yeah, well, it's, there. there's a, a thin line between bringing up a problem and not giving a solution, and... The idea of what even is the problem that he's bringing up he's just saying well, there's a problem here, and that isn't helpful to anybody really at all
0: It's oh, not helpful to
3: anybody I, I trying would, to come up with a solution with that slightly, but I'll let you finish your point well uh, i mean it, who who does it help to say well, there is an issue because everybody knows there there is Okay, perhaps not everybody because, again, there are idiots in the world. Um, but we, we all are aware that there are class disparities. Like, that, that is something everyone has. It gets made aware of at some point in their life. Um, but w- what is he trying to even say is really the issue? If anybody has thoughts, so.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm holding off on a different point. I was thinking it was more of a discussion between Andrew and you. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. I guess I guess that means I'm up. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Answer. There we go. Yeah. I will say, like, I'm not going to pretend that I know what this movie is trying to say. I don't. Um, I've thought about it a lot, and it's really hard to pinpoint. Um, personally, I think that's a great value. Um, I think if a message is clear, it doesn't stick with you at all after the movie's over. If you see a movie and you know exactly what it's about by the time it ends, you have no reason to take it out of the theater with you. If you see a movie and it's a bit cryptic, that means you have to leave the theater and think about it, and that makes it stick on your mind a lot longer, it makes the movie a lot more impactful, and also when you finally figure something out, you feel like you figured it out, and so the message means that much more to you because it's personal. So I think that's a great advantage that Parasite has. I mean, I guess as far as the class disparities issues goes, we already talked about the fact that it's kind of like parasitic both ways. Um, But I also, um, I think a big part of the message is, well, one, besides the parasiticness, the fact that it's the poor fighting amongst the poor to gain the value that the rich has, which... Means that they're both attacking each other, which isn't actually the problem. And that's shown. I think that I think that is one thing that's shown very clearly is that if the poor keep fighting amongst the poor, the wealthy are just going to keep sitting up there and watching them duke it out, and they're not going to be affected by it. So I think that's one thing that kind of shows, especially in that final ending confrontation. Um, the character played by Song Kang Ho, uh, Mr. Kim, he's the only person who actually figures out that when the poor are attacking each other, he's the only one who attacks a rich person because he's the only one who gets it. And even so, he still gets stuck as a servant to the rich people going forward. And also, um, I couldn't find it. I wanted to find it, but Bong Jun ho actually did the math on how long it would take the son to be able to purchase the house on the, like, current money that he was making at the job he had at the end of the movie. And it was over 100 years if he didn't spend any of the money he made and saved every single cent is how long it would take him to actually have bought that house, which is a, that's a huge disparity. And I think that's another thing that Parasite is trying to point out too, is that everyone knows there's class disparity. Most people are willfully ignorant of how large it actually is. I think that was one thing Paris I was trying to draw attention to as well, is you know it's here, but it's way worse than you think. And also, it's way harder to find a solution than
2: you think it is. Can I butt in? Yeah. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> well, I don't give a shit. Andrew said yes. Fuck off. Um, yeah, I, I do want to say that I'm not sure that, like, the the message that poor people need to stop fighting each other and fight against the rich is something that the movie really goes into because, um, like the poor people, they don't, the only reason they start fighting each other in the first place is because they want the house pretty much. And like, it seems like the, the parallel is pretty clear with house being status and wealth. They're fighting each other and, and, and not the rich. But the movie never presents, like, the, like th- there is never an idea brought up that, like, somehow they can just take it from, from the rich. There's never an idea that they even could unite. Like, the, the poor people, the, while their poverty is presented in both cases, they're not, like, through methods of storytelling ever presented as a single class. Like, they're never... There is nothing really uniting them. There is no common goal between them. The idea that, well, they're both poor and they could unite to potentially overthrow the rich, or, like, if we go further into, like, the anarchy or the communism idea, like, is never actually stated in the movie. That's something that people who watch the movie, like, infer for themselves, because most of the people who I talk with the movie about are lefties, and that's what they want to infer from the movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. Although I will say I think there is definitely some way in which those two classes if if those two class if those two um poor families weren't supposed to be seen as on equal footing, then why would they switch places at the end of the
2: movie? They didn't really switch places. Like the father found himself locked in the basement, but like the other family like they didn't really switch switch places. The other family was just out of the picture.
1: I I guess so. Yeah, but while I feel like it seems almost it seems almost, even when watching the film, it seems almost illogical that the father would um, like openly try and um, let let the people in the basement die, and then become the person in the basement. I feel like there definitely. I feel like there was definitely something trying to be said there or else they would have just had the father leave with the rest of the family
3: uh
1: like he put himself by by fighting the other people who are living in that situation by fighting the other poor he just took their place while the rich continued to be fine
2: i will like give you credit here i think that interpretation of the movie is is perfectly valid. Like I, I can totally see your reasoning from the movie to think that that is actually what the movie is trying to say. But my thing about the movie is like Parasite is that whatever message you take out of it, you have to like infer something on your own and throw in your personal experience, particularly your political opinion in general to, like, come to any sort of conclusion. Like, for example, we all here as uh, young people and especially as college students living in a very leftist town, we come, like, in contact, even if we don't support it and it's okay either way. um, We very often come in contact with, like, leftist ideas and I don't think it's unreasonable for us to then, like, perceive the movie through those ideas. We hear a lot because we see that correlation. But, like, at the same time, that one friend that I brought up... It's a friend from Russia. Once again, like, I'm not going to be revealing any actual identities. Like, What's
0: for social security? <laughs> coming from a more remember, traditionalist,
2: like, outlook... They, like, inferred that the movie was actually... Like, protecting the status quo and just an extremely conservative film. And, like, I don't think either of those really answer the question... Because why I think this movie really is this interesting and this spectacular... Is because it just takes... Like two phrases were said today in the podcast. Alex uh, Andrew said that um, if you suggest a problem, you don't have to suggest a solution. And Alex says uh, the only thing the movie states is that there is a class system. And I think that that really is what's going on. The movie is just saying, like, yes, there is a class system and takes that class system, that very basic... um, really unanimous like definition of the class system infers it into a metaphor and then plays out a story kind of like an exploration of a butterfly effect when like poor and rich come in conflict with each other and like in their own groups because of this status and then lets us as viewers as the audience infer our own political biases onto that story and that is very captivating and interesting to me yeah i
1: agree with that i don't know if yeah i I, I agree with something else to to add but yeah that's great anything else of great interest from the film that someone wants to talk about
2: i mean if we're talking about the writing and not um like the technical aspects i'm not gonna praise them but i will say that sorry my voice is something's going on here but yeah I I will say that I still think that there are some issues on the level of storytelling because once again as uh, definitely a child of Western storytelling like I was consuming Western storytelling when I was a kid and it kind of formed my opinions on stuff so I think that this movie for me personally was very inefficient in its storytelling because it really just took me a lot of time and like mental gymnastics to explain what it was trying to do like i i feel like that while the movie doesn't have to be clear like even the exploration of the political messages that should be obvious like took me a lot of time like a lot of like okay so what does this correspond to what does this correspond to i i feel like that maybe is why a lot of people are confused with a message is because the way it presents the message is
0: in general confusing It also kind of is like a, not, not a difficult message, but it is like the kind of movie that like you kind of just have to like sit on and kind of marinate for a bit, which I do like because I don't see a lot of movies where I come out of the theaters and I'm still thinking about it like months later. I can count on like one hand how many films that happened to me like this year, So I last year with, so.
3: Well, I, I don't know. I, yeah. The, the movie didn't leave me with a, a spectacular impression. To me, it was like, you know, you, you went through it and you were like, okay, uh, I guess it's trying to say something here. It, and that was kind of it. You, you just kind of leave off there with, well, it, it was trying to say something, don't know quite what it was saying. You can try and extend it into saying whatever the hell you want, but... Uh, <clears throat> it sorry <coughs> like it it's well made but it's not so spectacularly well made that it's like it, it's not a, a lighthouse right it's not like the cinematography is going to stun you and amaze you into silence and light as the lighthouse lover
2: of this podcast i will actually slightly disagree with you I I think the cinematography strongly. in Parasite <laughs> is absolutely stunning, like the editing is one of the best I have like ever seen in movies in general.
0: I think the lighting is also just very, like I, I don't see movies that often where I'm like wow the lighting was very good but the lighting was fantastic throughout the film and I think like it also reflects sort of the emotion that the scene was going for. Everything technically I think is just fantastic.
3: I think I, I, sure I, I think I it's think I think that comedy is very good in this, but I, I don't think it's I, I don't think from like a cinematography standpoint it's like some stunning thing. Right? You're you're not like it's not something that I would study and be like, How the hell did they capture it? No. It's like okay. It it shot well. Like it, it shot better certainly than most of the stuff that you know people put out nowadays but that's more of a statement on current day cinema than it is on on parasite
0: yeah i think there's a lot of shots through go ahead andrew
1: oh i will i will throw in that like i i agree i think the cinematography in the lighthouse is better than it is in parasite but I also think that The Lighthouse is more focused on visual storytelling and dialogue storytelling where I think Parasite is more focused on telling a story through every facet of cinema. And that's one thing that makes cinema so different from every other art form is it's not, you don't have to listen. It's not music where there's only a certain number of instruments or poetry where it's just the words on the paper, same with liter- like all literature or even a play where it's just the stage and the actors and the writing. They're a ridiculous amount of moving pieces in a film. And the greatness of a film doesn't so much come from one aspect being amazing, but from every aspect being very good and them all working together in a cohesive whole. And the reason I found Parasite to be so amazing is not only does everything work together as a cohesive whole, But I think the film really pushes itself and challenges itself to be a lot of different things all at one time. And it still manages to be that cohesive whole. So while like the cinematography, for example, very, very good. Not, you know, not the lighthouse, but that's not the only thing there. There's so much more to it and everything else works in conjunction with the cinematography so well. I think you kind of have to look at it all together.
0: I also want to say that, like, the editing and the pacing, I, I just looked up the length of the movie, and it's 132 minutes long, and it doesn't feel like it.
2: Yeah, no, the editing masterful. the remarkable. movie is masterful. Like, if we, if we go back to the scene with the peach, where they're, tra- like, trying to showcase that the maid is, like, infectious, that scene is phenomenally edited that whole montage montage, yeah that that section
3: specifically i I do like um i I will say i think the comedy is super well executed in this uh probably better i like it better than i like uh, most of the drama in it sorry (coughs) um but well it and I, I don't think I, I suffer from quite the, the same thing as Oleg was saying with the, uh, you know, he was saying like he was raised in a Western uh, setting, and so he doesn't quite uh, have the same tool or the right tools to dissect this very kind of Eastern storytelling style. Um, and while, well, yes, I was well, obviously... Quick
2: call out before I yeah. let you continue your point. That's not exactly what I said. I said, I, I can't evaluate whether or not it's what if it was effective. I'm not saying it's effective, but I didn't get it.
3: Hmm. Fair, fair point. Um, or fair point of clarification, rather. Uh, more, more of what I'm, I'm trying to say is that, uh, like, it, yes, I was raised in obviously the West, uh, but... I have consumed pretty large amounts of Eastern content, uh, specifically Japanese, and actually a bit of Korean too. I think well, did uh, Bong Joon Ho also do uh, Old Boy, or who who is that? that was, no, uh, that's Park Chan Wook. Park Chan Wook. The I've, only other okay.
2: movie by Bong Joon Ho that I've seen is Snowpiercer. No, that was Spike Lee who did Old Boy. So.
3: Yeah, Park, <laughs> oh, Park. Spike Lee <laughs> Old Boy.
2: Yeah, I actually <laughs> nice. am not the biggest fan of Snowpiercer.
3: I, I I didn't like Snowpiercer.
0: I have not
1: seen that. It's, I haven't. I've seen well, I've seen the host and Okja though, and I thought the host was fantastic.
3: I still uh, that's on my watch list. Uh, but I, I I think I I have a fair amount to go based off of for uh when it, when it comes to like Eastern style storytelling enough that I'm not thrown off by it anymore. Mm-hmm at all really. So I, I I don't think that's really my issue. I think my issue is that it's just completely unclear what it's trying to say in that because of that it's used as just like a fill in the gap for whatever the hell the whatever the hell you want it to say. And that's a I think that's a terrible thing in art. That's a terrible, terrible thing to be is to be just like someone's go to. Well, it's obviously trying to say this because well one it it's kind of it, it it becomes almost almost propaganda-ish. It you when you can make something say whatever you want it to say, it's saying nothing. And if if it's saying nothing, like the whole point of art is to say something. That and that's that, that's kind of an inexorable part of art, is that it, it, it's supposed to have meaning, right? Uh, and that that's what separates us from kind of beasts it, to you know take a big grand philosophical stand. Um, but it's because we have reason and the ability to create art, which you know carries meaning inherently in it. Uh, and so it, if you're making art that means nothing. Then, it it's worth nothing as well. Well, I will I will say that like music
2: doesn't necessarily have to mean something. Sometimes it just makes you feel a certain way.
0: Well, or that's why,
2: like, If we think yeah. back to like the the modernist, like honestly, postmodernist, like uh, paintings, like. Or, or or honestly, even better surrealist paintings than like very often they're just like squares or shapes or colors, on a canvas. And while I personally I will admit am not the biggest fan of that style of art, you can just like invalidate it by saying like oh that's not art.
3: Well, that that's not what I'm saying either. What I'm saying is, uh,
2: well, yeah, but that, that has no that, meaning. Well, the, they but, don't actually. Have meaning.
3: I I would argue that the meaning it has, is in the uh, the meaning it has is in the way it makes you feel right for those things so like the the friends we made along the way
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
3: I know it's a little bit of a bullshit statement to, to say but it, I, I think that's the honest truth otherwise I wouldn't say it um yep. Just for uh, yeah.
1: just for a quick perspective, um surrealist was originally a movement started to imitate the unconscious via Freud and to try and imitate dreams through a visual
0: medium.
3: Yeah, exactly. It's trying to explore They did a pretty good job at it, I'd say. Yeah. Well, it, and it the the meaning is that it's asking the question of what is lingering in the subconscious? What is lingering in the places of the mind that you can't go? Uh, it, and so that, that's kind of the meaning of it. So the, that surrealist stuff, and I'd uh, argue even abstract, even though I, I hate most of it, are trying to say something. Like those abstract pieces, when they're not total shit, it's supposed to be about the idea of uh, rejection of art, art fundamentals, right? Uh, it's supposed to be about about... Saying I disagree, uh, that art has to be X thing. That that's why uh, I forget who did it. Uh, but the the famous piece, the the fountain, where the guy took a urinal, and uh, oh, and I, I remember it. talking about that.
1: Oh in, yeah, yeah, yeah. In our Eric. French class.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I call it Arsnova like as in A R S E, because they they call themselves art Arsnova as in A R S, so. I make fun of them by calling them an ass, but it's besides the point. Uh, more to the point is that uh, that that has a very specific meaning, and that meaning is that it's saying it, it's saying fuck you to the people trying to define what art is and can be. Um, and on the other hand, that that's what makes certain uh, certain pieces of abstract art really shit, is that they they don't have that, that meaning in them. They don't have that part that has, like... It's not a rejection of something. It's just saying, well, I... It, it, it's all the people that look at abstract art and say, well, I could paint that. And say, yes, you could. Uh, but why? Why are you painting them, versus why is why are they painted here I, I think that's
2: so are, kind you, are of... you saying just to clarify are you saying yep. that abstract art is like not art if it's not trying to say something or um, are you saying I... that it's
3: still art because it's more about how, the way it makes you feel I would argue that anything without meaning is inherently not art uh, what if the it's... meaning changes as it does with Parasite That's that's where I'm going with this so uh, you're asking like, what if it is multiple interpretations? Well, actually, thing?
2: let me let me give you an example to to explain what I mean because it's not even necessarily about multiple interpretations, but you could, from a certain point of view, define it like that. Like, there is a surrealist piece by a Russian painter Kazimir Malevich, the Black Square. It's pretty famous. Like, and and the painting is, is just like a black square on a canvas. And right. like, a, while a lot of critics are saying that like, why why does this deserve such phrase as just a black square and a canvas? A lot of people still consider it art because as many art like studies people de- define it as just like the embodiment of the subconscious, the like the dark brooding square nature of like your whatever limitations, like I'm not gonna pretend I fully understand that stuff, like that it's deeply psychological. But the is, some other people argue that actually once you look at it from the perspective of the artist who was drawing the picture picture in like uh, the age that preceded the Russian Revolution, which saw um, the Soviet Union created, they argue that it's actually not that at all. And it's more supposed to represent the tensions of like society and uh, uh, class. uh, ten yeah I guess the the tensions of class tensions yeah beautifully worded but and and yeah, what I'm getting at here is um the way you look at art is defined by the context and the perspective from which you're looking at that piece so you infer the meaning from the con- like you see where, where I'm going with this yeah right?
3: yeah obviously yeah. the the idea that time changes wait where are you meaning. going with this but um, <laughs> like and parasite works just
2: like that it takes your political agenda and it infers it into a meaning because i'm sure there was a singular meaning that bon joon ho wanted to focus on like i'm sure maybe like i i think there was like i would i would guess there was yeah i
1: think there i think there was two i don't know what it is and i'm fully willing to admit that and i'm not sure anyone will i mean like Stanley Kubrick was infamous for making movies, and people would be like, "Do you know what it means?" And he would say, "Yeah," and then he would never tell anyone what it meant, and he died not having told anyone what it meant. Um, yeah, which is badass, by the way. Um, but I I agree very much with both Alex and Oleg on this. Um, that yes, art is art. Definitely should have something to say or some meaning. Um, but also, and if it, and if art doesn't say anything, then like, you know, what's the point? Even if it's art just talking about art, like abstract, then at least it still like has something to say, even if it's not political and it's just about art in general, which is kind of political, but whatever. Um, art is interesting because of the fact that no two people, will ever experience the same artwork the exact same way because everyone interprets every piece of art that they see differently. And so I don't think that's necessarily a knock to Parasite that everyone interprets it in a different way. Well, and also I would like to just That's to what point I find out, fascinating con- about it. Before we continue that like personally I don't think the great like message of Parasite is in its political message. I think the great message of Parasite is in its art and in the way it blends genres. And the way that it's, and to me, the big message of Parasite, the more clear message of Parasite is you don't have to be, what you you can lay out an issue, like class divisions, but you don't have to do it in a comedy or a drama or a psychological thriller, or a heist movie. You can do all of that at one time. The idea that you don't have to pick a specific genre to talk about a specific issue is, to me, the more overarching message of the film and the one that rings the most true and the most obvious.
3: Well, I, I would argue that, um, I mean, if you, if, you, if, if you say that he had a clear meaning, or a, a clear intention then we come back to kind of the original point which is it, it it is also a failure like especially for this when there's clearly a message that's trying to be uh, handed to to the audience right? They're clearly trying to communicate um, I don't
1: necessarily think that but I'll clarify when you're done
3: okay um, but when when there there's clearly a, a a desire to to give a message and to communicate with the audience, if if they just totally fail to to communicate at all, if they if everybody walks away with a different thing and nobody understands what you're trying to say, then you you failed. And, and this is also part of my hatred of of the abstract art too is that uh, I, I think it, it also is very bad at, t- at saying what it wants to say, and I think it's very bad at, you know, deciding what it wants to say, specifically um but it, sorry <coughs> apologies <coughs> um but it, it's it, it, it's, the, the, it, it's essentially like writing, especially making a, a narrative. Uh, this isn't some abstract art thing. This isn't a, a black square on a, on a portrait that makes you ask, what is art? Can this be art too? This is a narrative. This is a narrative that is meant to deliver a, a message. And if you can't deliver that message, then you failed. And it it doesn't matter how pretty it looks. It doesn't matter how good it sounds. It doesn't matter how well edited it is. If you fail to deliver a message because the writing is not there, it's bad or not bad. But I will say I cannot accept it as a, a great piece of art as, you know, everybody seems to claim that it's a perfect film. I don't think so. I think it's fundamentally flawed in writing.
2: It's definitely not a perfect film. I agree with that. Too. I don't. I don't think that, like it's if if the perfect no thing thing exists, a perfect thing exists. Yeah, I, would I agree. Argue. Except for the Lifehouse, of course, so. but we're not talking about that. But <laughs> even other, the Lifehouse. Yeah, I, I, I think
3: Hell, Hellboy is, is a perfect film, though. Yeah, Hellboy that is, is a perfectly is... terrible film.
2: Yeah, I was gonna
1: say it's perfectly bad in every regard. That I think is possible to be perfectly <laughs> good in every regard. I think is
2: impossible. But Bobby yeah, good. I do still, I, I don't think that this is a movie that, like, I, I think it fails to communicate a consistent message, but I, the thing is, like, we all watched the movie, and we all got something from it. Yeah. It It's and just, I like, would, we all got a different uh, thing, and some of us who are luckily not present in this podcast room decided that what they inferred was the, the correct option, and all the other alternatives were incorrect, and I hate when people do that, but... Yes. like like there are still messages that that people got from the movie like, well, I have a, I have a yeah.
0: quick point just like kind of going off what Andrew said and then I'll I'll shut up but um <laughs> go ahead <geez. laughs> I like that when Andrew said like everyone kind of grabs a different thing from art I think that's one of like the most important things about art is just like the fact that everyone pulls something different from it and like when people pull something different from it that leads to discussion that leads to more like you know, exposure to the art and then that pushes the lifespan of the art forward and i think that's just like such a fundamental part of it that a lot of movies kind of miss where it's like a clear-cut message or like a clear-cut like okay it was this and this and everyone's like kind of like on a similar page i think it's more interesting when it's like everyone has sort of like a similar-ish idea but it's like different enough to where it's like okay no this is like this leads to more discussion that leads to more well,
3: exactly like that. that that's kind of part of the issue is that that there's I think a that's very part key, of the there's of the a very well no there's a very key phrase you said in there a similar-ish message right and so what do we see from this movie but a bunch of people taking completely opposite messages out of the same film
2: No, Alex, I'm going to defend Einish here. The the critical message that was said was said by you when you said the only thing this message communicates is there is a class system. There you go. That's the message that all the other messages, once again, shittily worded, but that's the message that all the other messages that are inferred from this movie are centered around. There is a class system and the movie is trying very hard to say something about it. And that's where people inferments start.
1: I have three, three examples I'd like to bring up. The, fir- the first thing is more of uh, a general thing, which is that um, people will find whatever message they want, even if it's not there. Fair. If you are a diehard liberal and you watch Fox News, you will take away the one sentence that matches your political perspective. And you will claim that that is like the only thing that was said on the whole news program. People have that innate bias, and they do it all the time. It's called the confirmation bias. So there's right, some, there's yep. that to keep in mind. Um, uh, one of, uh, so my first like film example I'd like to bring up is Alex. I know Alex has seen it. I know Oleg has seen it. I don't think Einish has seen it yet. But 2001: A Space Odyssey.
0: Oof. Uh-huh.
1: Okay. So Which we're not going to get into that film because we talk
3: about film without saying 2001: A Space Odyssey. Inish, I don't. <laughs> i don't see how how it's possible. Okay, not going to lie. easily <laughs> yeah. possible. I don't even like that film. I, I was Yeah. Yeah, I oh, so We're, we're going to talk hear.
1: we're going to talk about the film later, so i don't want to i don't want to get into a deep discussion of it now, but suffice i think it's fair to say that 2001 is not at all an easy film to interpret. Is is that fair to say from the people yeah. who have seen it? Absolutely. Yeah, that's
3: very good to easy to say.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's my personal favorite movie of all time, so there's that too. Um But now I hate it more. So for 2001, (laughs) a space odyssey is very hard to interpret, but I think it's also fair to assume that Stanley Kubrick had in his mind what he thought the film meant when he made it. Because if Stanley Kubrick had thought, oh, this film will mean 500 different things, he would have had to direct the movie 500 different ways. If you, you, I think There's every filmmaker book, has like... one idea of what the film is supposed to mean because if they don't have one idea, then they can't make the movie right because they're going to try to make it every single way. So even if a filmmaker has a singular vision for a film like I'm sure Bong Joon-ho did here, that doesn't necessarily mean that that one single vision, that one single interpretation is, what going, is what's going to shine through. And then my second example I'd like to bring up, and it's a touchy subject, but I'm going to bring it up anyways, is Green Book, and trust me, I'm going somewhere <laughs> with this. So,
2: Film of the decade. Yes. If you can case, I offer you some fried chicken? Yeah.
1: So, can we all agree that the message of Green Book is that racism and intolerance is bad, right? We can all agree that that's the message of the film.
0: Yeah, I mean, it also says fried chicken's pretty good.
1: So, okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so uh, that's a yes from all three of you that the message of Green Book is that racism is bad, correct?
3: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And we all figured that out very easily when we watched the movie.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. How many of you think that it's more worthwhile to think about Green Book than Parasite? The message. Because in, um. <laughs> sa- in essence, the messages are the same. In essence, the messages are the same. There are disparities between different groups in the world that are unfair and should be fixed. But which film is more meaningful? I will give it to you. It's the one that doesn't spell it out so straightforwardly well, okay, that, that you don't care to think about it when <clears throat> it's over.
3: That, that's... Good point. <laughs> that, that's more of a different thing, though, I think. That's, a, uh, And that's kind of my problem with uh, Spike Lee movies, too, is, uh... Well, Spike Lee directed Green Book. Yeah, I might as well.
1: <laughs> Spike Lee loved Green Book. Couldn't you tell? By the way, he tried to walk <laughs> out during its Best Picture win.
3: Yeah, and only yeah, uh, actually, Jordan, Jordan
0: Peele could good. stop him. Green, well, Green Book think... was
2: boring as fuck and had no real value. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to speak for anyone, but that's that's how I took that movie. Considered a hot
3: take. Yeah. But but don't talk Black about Blansman my favorite film film of the decade. Pretty decade pretty that way, I, like... I, I think I think he I think he didn't like that movie mostly because he. Uh, he was like wait they're using my cinematic technique of hitting the hitting the audience over the head with everything what they can't do that <laughs> only i can be perfectly perfectly blunt with everything
0: well no i don't i don't think that spike Lee I actually
2: uses it. the cinematic technique of blatant racism
0: <laughs> um but yeah. i also think spike lee is just a better director than <laughs> yeah
1: no, <laughs> so we can. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. Despite his very blunt aspect, Spike Lee is certainly more talented than I Peter was, Farley.
3: But so, what, have you seen Dumb and Dumber? I love that movie. Actually, what, what I was you going would. to. Okay, let's go back. Yeah. What I was going to say though is that it's uh, that's less an issue with I think open to interpretation as much as it's an issue with just. Uh, persuasive... It, it, they're different issues more. right. So, essentially, when you're making a, a, a movie with a message and you're trying to convince someone of something, it's a persuasive essay. And when you write a persuasive essay that hits the reader over the head with your message saying, you should believe this, then, you know, it, without, without enough force, like, if you've got the force of the government behind you, you know, it's a little bit more 1984 how many fingers am i holding up for uh but with if you're just trying to persuade some someone of something then the trick is always the uh what i forget socratic method yeah the socratic method where it's uh kind of asking questions that lead them to the right path uh so that that's more the issue with green book is that it instead of asking questions, it tries to tell you what you should think, and obviously we all reject people telling us what we should think. Um, Versus in Parasite, like, it it certainly doesn't tell you what you should think, but it also doesn't ask the right questions to get you to think what it wants you to think. Because clearly, it does want you to think something.
2: Maybe it just wants you to think about the class system. Like, I, I already brought this point up. Yeah. a few minutes ago but like maybe that's the thing maybe the point is to create discussion because it oh, sorry it's a metaphor that is obviously about class and creates a narrative based on that metaphor that kind of explores the social tensions between different classes in kind of a butterfly effect type of way and then we all infer different stuff from that metaphor so is, isn't that just like a good way to create discussion I think so. Yeah, I
0: would agree with that.
2: (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, we all agree that no matter what your perspective is, like, you could be, like, the most diehard liberal, a communist, or, like, literally, like, I don't know, the most radical conservative, you know that Parasite, Love It or Hate It is about the class system. Nobody had a single doubt about
0: that. I thought it was about making like you know really good dong. <laughs> which that seems incredible. I um I showed yeah. Andrew this one video where like he breaks down like the idea behind it and like how they put like really really rich like fancy beef on like basically dollar store noodles. That's interesting. Like that. That's yeah. Like I never thought about it that way, but it's like they. <laughs> she's like, oh yeah, we just have some leftover like you know steak in the refrigerator. Just throw that on top of the dollar store noodles. Whereas like any poor person if they like got that steak they would like you know plate it up real nice like it would be like the crux of the meal almost but here it's like no just throw it on some noodles which that's another aspect
1: that's another thing i'd love to point out about parasite and also just in general (laughs) um south so there's something about south korean audiences that they are just very very attentive when they watch movies
3: and they catch a lot of little things like that. <laughs> what? Sorry. I said maybe because they only get like five movies a year, and so they're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I'm pretty sure they watch American movies, dude. I, I, I'm yeah. joking, but yeah,
1: it's just that like look, I feel like that's the kind of little detail that a lot of a lot of people actually probably, especially in South Korea, would have actually understood and would have gotten. And, like, I think Parasite is a movie that's very rich in stuff like that, which, does it add to the message or not? I'm not entirely sure. I think it does. But it's worth pointing out that a movie is willing to throw in little things that a lot of people wouldn't notice, specifically because Bong Joon-ho knows that the people who see his movies in South Korea will pick up on those things, which is just brilliant, subtle filmmaking on his part.
3: Yeah, I I do like that. I do like the have. I'm a big fan of when writers put in subtle things and then come back to them and be like, "Ah, see, I I hinted at it. It was there all yeah. along."
2: But yeah, there there's no better way to make a thing not subtle than
3: to go back to it and be like, "See, I I hinted at it." Yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. May, maybe maybe not quite go see <laughs> as much as. Uh, yeah. But,
2: but yeah i do like i think i think that's this is an excellent point and i think uh, definitely kudos to Joon ho for making what i consider to be a masterpiece but i do kind of want to go back to my point very subtly <laughs> for a second because i feel like we were about <laughs> to second. reach a consensus there also like,
0: it's like we got like 40 more minutes so yeah okay like
2: yeah. I, I feel like we were about to reach a consensus that like this movie no mm-hmm. matter what they think it stands for And even no matter whether or not we think that it was effective, it serves to create discussion around the subject of class tensions. And at the very Mm -hmm. least, it's effective in that.
0: I also appreciate that, like, I saw this with my parents. And, like, my mom isn't, like, the most attentive film watcher. She's not, like, a huge fan about movies. She kind of likes simple movies. But even she was, like... You know, like she didn't. Somehow she didn't catch any of the political messages or anything. But she was like, "No, that was a very well made movie, and it was entertaining throughout." I also think that's kind of nice that, I think movies with a message are always just better than message movies. So.
1: Yeah, well, I would sure. agree one hundred percent. I think that message movies are almost um, always terrible because if you're making it a message movie, you're specifically putting the message ahead of the film. And if you emphasize your message over your filmmaking, your message is worthless. Because if the message comes from a source that doesn't appear to be polished and well put together, everyone's going to think your message, whether they agree with your message or not, they're gonna think your delivery of it is worthless because you didn't take the time to master your own medium. Whereas a movie with a message, whether it's blatant or not, if it's a very good film, that automatically gives the message um, more, um, like more value. So I think that's something to to keep in mind with movies like Parasite too. Whether the message is blatant or not, the fact that the movie's good almost innately makes us think the message is worth discussing. Whereas like for a movie like Green Book, which is not as good, it's really not really as much worth the time.
3: I struggle because. A lot of it, too, is that I did I think it gets more deserved than it, or more praise than it deserves. yeah, well, Just for sure, think about it like there. that.
2: like it's it's a film that everybody can infer their political bias onto yeah. that is actually well made. Of course, everybody's gonna think it's the next Mona Lisa,
3: right. but uh, I, I guess the other thing too is that i I don't think it deserved uh, best picture well, I, I mean released in any other year i would have said oh yeah sure like released last year i would have been like oh hell yeah that movie deserved best picture but there were uh, i think a few movies that were better than it this year like for instance uh okay okay the lighthouse
2: oh okay i was gonna say bring up one except for the lighthouse but it wasn't nominated in the first place because it's such an indie film like name any other one uh but
3: 1917 I think 1917 was a far better film. I I don't.
0: No. Like, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been mad if it won. But like I, yeah. Yeah, it yeah, worked wouldn't, better I wouldn't have for been me upset
1: with it winning. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't have been overly upset with a lot of the films winning in 2019 because like it was just a year where we just had a lot of really good movies. So again, like
3: mm-hmm.
1: we've already we've already had that podcast. Yes. So, like, we got really <laughs> lucky in 2019. Like we really lucked out. Yeah. as movie goes I, I, I it feel feels like... like the the world when it's at its worst tends to put out its best art well of course Especially yeah. wait, right. what's I mean, with like
0: 2020 kind of then yeah, so, right so, the i Hedgehog. mean
1: 2016 had like the same thing 2016 was like the like season finale of america and then it's like la la land manchester by the sea moonlight thanks
3: i i personally can't can't wait because Actually, I'll be interested to see because I I, I think that movies are more like uh, the Spotify uh, Discover Weekly, uh, where it's you have a good year and it's like, oh, I had a good year. I'm just going to listen to these on repeat, and then and then it goes, all right, now that I gave you good good song suggestions last week, this week it's going to be utter trash. <laughs> it's it's never it's never two weeks was. in a row. What? That's what That's 2018 like
1: 2015, was. Where 2015 was just like month after month of like, like crash, garbage, dumpster fire, and then like <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road and Inside Out. And then the rest of the year was just awful.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's almost like they're like, well, we can't give him too many good song suggestions. Because then he might just go and buy the, the music. <laughs> it's like we have to we have to keep him guessing whether it's going to be utter shit that we suggest to him or if it's going to be great so like i listen to one joy division song and suddenly i get a bunch of people covering joy division i'm like this is the worst shit i've ever heard okay. <laughs> people who can't play instruments trying to cover a song written by people who can't play instruments it's like oh, <laughs> sounds <laughs> like, like just, cats yeah <laughs> like, i feel great. that dude i feel <laughs> um, that <laughs> but I, I i'm worried i'm worried that movies are going to go the same way that it's going to be well we had a good year this year which means that next year is going to be just utter garbage because we've used all of our good ideas well until until netflix
2: rules cinema as a uh, like netflix and disney i guess
0: yeah i was going to say that's, that's a funny way to say the name disney yeah
2: <laughs> rule rule the industry as a whole then okay, the disney we will course. we will actually have competition driving this whole thing forward but then then we'll see I saw also, this one joke it's where it's like in
0: 10 years, a we were like, it's, a, it's, it's a quick joke, in like in 10 years it's going to be like, hey, you know, we could watch like a release at home or go to theaters and watch a Disney. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it, be. That's probably not
3: yeah. too far off from the truth.
1: No, that's actually pretty true, especially because that Paramount deal just got overturned, which is fucking awful. Because now paramount major deal? studios are going to start Buying their own movie theaters again And then indie films are going to get fucked And our A24 is dead It's is going to be awful uh,
3: I, I guess I don't know this news What's uh, the Paramount deal?
1: so the paramount okay quick film because of Charles. too so the paramount deal back in the 20s and 30s up through the 40s um the big the major movie studios own their own theaters so like paramount right. owned theaters warner brothers owned theaters paramount or et cetera, and so forth um and the supreme court decided i think in 1948 that that was an uh, oligopoly and they couldn't do it anymore and so after that theaters became independently owned and like Warner Brothers and like Disney and Paramount didn't have guaranteed sales and that created a lot of competition in the industry and so studios have not been allowed to own theaters since and I think it was last year the Supreme Court overturned that so now major movie studios can start buying theaters back from independently owned people now
3: I, I think they might not do that actually because I think uh, I think that the online market is proving to be uh just bloody invaluable right now i think that they're all going oh my god we're all gonna do streaming services now that's just that's a good
0: point why buy
2: theaters when streaming is like well i mean you do make
0: more more typically typically for like the big blockbusters it's like it's like at a certain point but Like, Avengers Endgame would not have made as much money streaming as it would have in theaters, when you can charge $20 a ticket or something.
2: Just, like, your your Marvel movies and your DC movies and your Star Wars movies and your Hellboys, God forbid. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah.
1: and I mean, like... uh, like, They
3: can just pump out some shit and then tell us, yeah, go online, watch it. Yeah, going back to, like,
1: Avengers Endgame, like, how many of you would have felt satisfied... Sitting through twenty-one Marvel movies and then watching the final film at home on your laptop and not in a theater <laughs> with an audience, like, like that, like, I, 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 feel like as long as there's blockbuster franchises, movie theaters probably won't go away because that audience experience is just indispensable.
3: As, as much as a, a theater audience can improve a, a film experience, uh, I also think that it can bloody ruin a film well yeah no shit
1: no absolutely i mean you, you, you yeah. put the coin every time you go into a theater
2: i uh, definitely ruined yeah. the experience of some people watching cats in russia but oh boy do i not regret it and like, <laughs> Linus
1: you, and I ruined honestly no
2: experience with cats
1: I oh ruined we ruined experience with cats <laughs> by making me go
2: <laughs>
1: the people honestly who think we ruined ruin the experience,
0: my experience of everyone
3: in the can- theater can-
1: I oh, don't know, dude. That guy behind us laughed his ass off when I stood up and left immediately as the credits rolled. <laughs> I,
3: I do like that. In a in a bad movie, uh, everybody in the theater becomes a comic. Yeah, <laughs> and that's so
0: nice.
3: We're we're all just sitting there trying to figure out how to make everyone laugh. I the mean, theater, that's just, go, that's just going theater? to the
2: room in the theater. Oh, that's what. Going into the mm-hmm. room. Oh, oh. man. I hope the theater's, like,
1: like reopened. 1,600 people at the Michigan Auditorium. Insane. So That is
0: hands down the best theater experience I've ever had and probably ever will have. It's so great. Like, I'm not going to lie.
2: I'm not going to say it's the best. It (laughs) could be. I don't know, but it's up there. Like, that is phenomenal. I hope they reopen theaters for next year, primarily, like, because of this. (laughs) Because I want to see the room in December.
1: Also, talk about a great theater and, like, audience experience. Seeing Parasite opening weekend with like a full theater was awesome.
0: It was really good. Everyone was so
1: reactive and so blown away. It was just a great time. Like people were curled up in their seats. People were laughing. People were clenched. It was awesome. Uh, It was. What what did you say? Clench with a crowd. People were clenched. You said. Yeah, like clenching their fists or whatever Uh, definition you'd like to think of.
2: uh, (laughs) Oh. I think the theater where Einish and I were was actually relatively quiet.
0: It was... It was they, they laughed throughout. People cheered at, like, a few points, but it was, like... The third act, everyone was silent because it's just so tense. Well, yeah, that's how it should say be, anything. I think, for that
1: yeah. film. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't even so much that people were, like... People weren't, like, very reactive during the third act, but, like, you could feel the tension in the room. Like, you could mm-hmm. feel everyone was kind of, like, tensed up.
3: Yeah, and that like was... additional
1: tension because like people can feel the emotions of people around them a lot of times and so being in a theater with an audience who's feeling a similar emotion as you just like heightens it that's why everyone loves going to horror movies with a the sold out theater too that's well, why like us was such a good experience
3: i, I might disagree with with that point because I, I do you guys remember the movie hereditary
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, I yes, mean, movie. I, very good
3: movie yeah i love the movie except in my audience there was uh this group of assholes sitting behind me who thought that they were going to see a thriller and uh oh yeah that was
0: me that well, yeah.
3: me... <laughs> oh god it was the most painful experience do elaborate on what you mean by they, they expected to see a thriller they were doing that that classic uh like horror movie thing like oh shit don't go in there and, and every, Oh, and yeah, it's not hereditary. <laughs> exactly. And so yeah. <laughs> So like when the spoilers for hereditary, uh, but when the, the girl like sticks her head out the, the car and gets it like locked up. The, the, the real the real ones get it. Yeah. Oh god that, that that scene was so great and everybody was like sitting there in shock silence and they go oh, shit! I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> I <laughs> will uh. say,
1: for clarification, when I meant a horror audience, I meant a good horror audience, not assholes. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely I'm definitely the person, I have actually said in the theater before, like, sitting behind someone, I've, like, leaned forward and said, I didn't pay $8 to listen to you talk. Shut up. <laughs> like, I, I am not shy about doing that. I did not pay money to have you ruin my $8. Like, fuck you. (laughs) I'm sorry. All
3: right. That seems like a good place to end it. So final thoughts. Yeah. Final thoughts on Parasite.
0: Yeah. Overall, I think, yeah, we made our points. I don't think we really convinced each other, but maybe we convinced the viewers and I, I I got, there's some stuff I didn't actually like, you know, realize when I saw the movie, I think thrice now, but yeah, you, you, uh, I think we brought up some points that actually, I'm going to think on some more. So yeah, I was yeah.
1: gonna say I learned a lot this podcast. Like I really did. This was this was really cool. I definitely like have a lot greater perspective, not just on parasite, but just like on like the idea of art and message delivery than I have learned even in like art classes. So I'm gonna go I ahead and say this, this was one of the best the podcasts we've ever had. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> no question.
3: Yeah. I I, I think definitely I'll I'll agree now that uh, it's deeper than I was giving it credit for. I still think it's confused on what it's saying and how it's trying to say it. Uh, A good way to politely
2: dismiss the message. (laughs) Yeah, just kidding.
3: (laughs) No, I'll agree that it is certainly deeper. Like, there there was a, a point where I was about to be swayed to, like, okay, actually, this is very deep and great and then i i kind of came back to my but senses. Then good old alex took yeah. her back over i can't, came back to my reel. senses uh, wait wait no this is a popular movie i have to hate it oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no but yeah. um <laughs> yeah. Land. I, I think yeah.
1: garbage
0: <laughs> the beatles terrible
1: worst band of all time
3: I, actually i I do hate the Beatles
0: yeah no that that's why I was I was poking at it oh, <laughs> okay, let's I like, let's discuss like the, of the
3: white album and hate the rest
2: yeah and he only liked it because of the word white in the name yeah <laughs> precisely
1: yeah all the other albums had significantly too many other colors on the cover
3: uh, I, I was gonna say it's uh, because it's a uh, back in the u s s r and I'm a huge russia cuck so you hear that like <laughs> <leg? laughs>
2: That's, on well, that that's audience on, as, as, as a russian yeah, i will the, say he definitely is a russia cock all right? <laughs> all right. All right all right
0: thank you good, for listening podcast, to this podcast
2: boys. make sure to like it make sure to subscribe make sure to leave comments you're allowed make to sure do to that
0: share it with your friends and we share are also it with now your on friends spotify. Even if you yeah. don't have friends actually yeah spotify is more important <laughs> we're on spotify and apple podcast now yep. just look up beyond the silver screen
3: Definitely, over quarantine, you should uh, you should keep keep busy consuming our content. Consume,
0: <laughs> reproduce,
3: recycle. <Damn.
0: laughs> Those are
1: the three essentials for life, baby. <laughs> yeah.
3: Consume, reproduce, recycle. That should be the new uh, the new logo instead of the
2: that's rubber. actually the Bur- the Bernie Sanders mo- motto.
0: We should make a shirt beyond the silver screen, and then just those three words on the back.
3: I, I <laughs> would actually kill for a shirt that says. I cannot consume. believe
1: that that was. Oh my god! What a Bernie Sanders reference that was.
3: <laughs> oh my god. I, I guess That's I That's the best it. thing I'm
1: going to hear all day, hands down.
0: Alrighty, all right, good podcast.